You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us through your word. Let no one live here the same. Thank you for an anointing to make preaching, teaching, and hearing your word easy. We give you thanks, our Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Help me ask the person next to you, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Get a response. If they say fine, ignore that. Tell them, give me a response. All right? Because fine sometimes is a lie, and you shouldn't lie on Sunday. All right? All right, I like how you're just ignoring the people next to you. Good Christian sister. All right, let's do this. Um, I've got two more... um, I think there are two more discussions in this whole maturity series. That's two, one, two, 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 two left. On, on, on Wednesday, um, I would, so that's three then, sorry. Two more on Sunday, so what, today and next Sunday, and then on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I'll talk about uh, something I think God has been prompting in my heart about success. Uh, and I think, it, I think it's quite a, um, a useful message to consider as we talk about growing up spiritually. Okay? Um, Today I want to talk about faith, Um, because when in Hebrews 5, when the writer of Hebrews 5 talks about what he calls the foundational doctrines, he he would list faith in God as one of them, all right? So he would say, look, at this time, uh, I'm just going to open that, open Hebrews 5, and let's start from verse 12, okay? Verse 12, it says, for For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. One day we need to have a discussion about what some translations will say, not meat. But what is solid food? Someday we have to have a discussion about that. All right. Uh, For everyone, verse 13, who partakes only of milk, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse 6, or chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laid on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Let us not lay again. He's saying, look, this foundation should be laid already. By now we should have covered this whole thing about repentance from dead works. So we've spent time talking about grace. We've spent time talking about righteousness. We've talked about grace and truth. We've talked last Wednesday about mercy. Uh, One Sunday we've talked about eternal life and eternity itself. Help me ask the person next to you, are you a babe? Are you a babe? Are you a babe? Right. Yes. (laughs) And you know what you mean. So I hope they know what you mean. All right. 
All right. Bible says God knows those who are his. And, and I love God. He knows where we are. All right. He knows that it's not about how long you've been in church. It's not even about how many scriptures you can quote or the size of your Bible or how many plans your friends have been informed on you version that you have finished. All right. Because I wake up in the morning, I'm just, just trying to get my day going and then I just see it's a whole bunch of notifications. Inyolua has finished this plan. I kind of block all those things now. Right. But are you growing spiritually? I remember two weeks ago we said, look, God's house, the church, the body of Christ, is like a hospital. And everyone is welcome here. And that, that no good hospital puts a sign out there that says, um, only perfect people should come. Then the hospital should be closed. All right. So if you're your first time here and you think there is something in your life that needs to be worked on, you are among friends. Now, tell the person next to you, you are among friends. You are among friends. Oh, yes, you are. The people in the band, the whole bunch of them who were singing and offering acceptable worship to God, all work in progress. All of them. All. Even that Falabi guy that sings. Like, all work in progress. The pastor, tall guy like this, dark, handsome, anointed, drives a G-Wagon with red letters. That guy. That guy. That guy. Work in progress. We are all growing. But it says, look, there are some fundamental things that need to be in place. If you, your first year in the university... Hopefully, if you go to a good school, they should, no, but it's true. If you, if they, because syllabus, the, the curriculum needs to be planned, right? They, they, just, they don't just teach you as they want. They kind of have to, as you, you can see, so you do, let's say, chemistry 101, and they do the introduction. And then when you go to 102, in fact, they won't let you take some courses if you haven't dealt with the elementary ones. So faith in God is, a, is, a, is an interesting one for me. I grew up as a Christian, I think in the middle of the faith movement, right? And so everyone in my age and time listened to Kenneth, read Kenneth Hagin books, Kenneth Copeland, um, and the whole bunch of water faith teachers, so just Jesse Duplantis, um, Jerry Savelle, and so I'm like, who are these guys? You know, But they, they taught out of the Bible about faith. Creflo Dollar, that was what we heard. And so, it was not unusual to hear someone say, I want a new pair of shoes. I am going to faith it. Right? That's what they used to say in my school. I know in your school, you guys were smoking weed, but we were spiritual in my school. Because <laughs> I, I said it, you didn't recognize I had to tell you just example. <laughs> it's a fierce Sunday. Sun, sun is shining. Right, but that's what we say. I'm fating it. Oh, I like that girl in the choir. Damilari, she's moving my heart. I say, ah, you know, Damilari is from Ibadan. And you know how Ibadan girls are hard to get. I'm going to fate it. I'm going to fate it. I'm going to fate it. I say, I'm going to London. London, London is far. How are you going to London? I'm going to fate it. So let's read Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 22. Faith in God. 
I kind of start reading from the middle of a discussion, but pardon me. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's speaking about Abraham. In the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. I'll read the last verse. He did not waver at the promise. Of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. And being fully convinced. That what he had promised. He was also able to perform. I would say a lot of things today. But the one thing that you please must hear. Is that our faith in God. Takes root in the promises that God will make to us. And so that is where this whole message is going. Is look, where the, where are the promises of God to you? Have you had them? Because faith, I would say, is call and response. So God promises and we respond. So if there is no promise in front of you, it is hard for you to work in faith. It's hard. Here he says, Abraham, our father of faith, did not waver at God's promise. I remember last year, um, it was my birthday, so we, we brief trip out of the country. And then we, as these things go, where you're traveling with not just yourself, people have different opinions about where you should go. So the crowd decided that we should go to one of those theme parks. All right? So when you go to the team park, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, wake up early, we join the queue, or what's all this, like, you know, cartoon characters, I'm too old for this. But anyway, then you get there, then what happens is there are different types of rides, okay? Um, as a 40-year-old Benin man, you kind of know what rides should go on. The ones that stay on the ground, slow, you know. But then I've got a... How old are you? 13 or 14? My son. So they're like, they see the ones where people are turning upside down. You know, going, that's one. My mind are like, I bind you. No way. We're not going there. My wife is in between. She's like, let the children play. Let them go. I'm like, you're the one wearing the wig. It will come up. But no, let's go. No, let's jump on the big tree. Ah, okay. And so, there's some of these rides. Even just, and I wish I had a video. But even just looking at it, you're like, but why are we doing this to ourselves? No, no, but why? God did not plan for us to do this. Sometimes the screams of the people coming down. You're like, we're not going there. <laughs> but you know how it is as a D 
deep pastor, you find revelation from this lens. So we're standing in the middle of the scene, and I'm like telling somebody in the whole team, the party, I'm like, guys, you know, I can't imagine that we come on these things and we cannot have faith in God. <laughs> I said, because you know that you're going to be afraid. You know that, I mean, some of these things, look, there's one, they're taking you up, they're taking you up, you can see the ground disappearing, 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 disappearing. High, high, high. I'm not joking. If you're up, then it just drop you. Boom! <laughs> then everybody are shouting all sorts of things. Honest key, I just blank out. I close my eyes, meditate in a far place, I leave my body. For, but I was asking, but why do, we, why do we do this? And by the way, those rights, because they indicate a promise. A lot of us will not go on those rights in certain countries. Oh, no, you won't. Because you cannot be dropping down and saying, they took light. No, no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, I see one angel where, hello, how are you? <laughs> come through, come through. What's your church again? Life point this way. <laughs> because you will not accept the promise from everybody. But we sit down, and, and I'm, I wish I had a video. These things are violent. You are spinning. Old people are crying. Why am I here? Why? In fact, I remember one time we went on one with Pastor Godman and his family years ago. There are some as we come down, I'm never again. Not doing it again. No, not doing it again. But we realize that men, people have done this before. We know who made the promise. We have seen people come down alive. I see this small child. Sometimes you're looking at children like, how are you here? Why are you, why are you doing this? You know that they value human life. You know that you will come out the way they said you would come out. What is faith? It's, again, this is very easy. So, Hebrews 11.1. 1. And it's Hebrews 11. We were taught as we grew up in the faith. It's about faith. It's the book of the hallmark or the hall of faith. The hall of fame for faith. And would, Hebrews 11, 1 opens with a definition. So if you were in an exam, the lecturer says, define faith. Don't go anywhere else. Straight. Hebrews 11. Just quote exactly all. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. If I let's read verse 2 and verse 3. It says the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And verse 3, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Faith in God is about substance to the things that we hope for. It's about evidence to the things that are not seen. When Jesus dies for us, he gives us a renewed ability to relate with God. One scripture will say we receive a measure of faith. 
Faith is the substance. It, that's what allows hope to have. It, it gives us some assurance about our hope. I know my friend, Pastor Debo, talks about, you know, just, you know, it says when he tries to distinguish between hope and faith, that hope is what all the Arsenal fans have at the beginning of the season. And, and it's coming again. And I was there before God saved me. He took me out of the miry clay. Healed me. <laughs> now I'm red. No. Congratulations to all us Liverpool fans, by the way. <laughs> we knew we would do it. See what God has done. <laughs> Jesus will enter into certain places in scripture. This is Jesus. This is the one who could heal everything. He could fix everything. He could explain everything. He could raise from the dead. And the Bible would say that he could not do great works there because of their unbelief. And, you know, there is something to be said for just that human stubbornness. And we read those stories and there is that human the, the exercise of the will that says, I am going to do X, Y, and Z. And then sticks there through all sorts of challenges. There's something to be said for that. Because it's very important. That's what leads people to say, we're going to create a plane. And you're like, what is a plane? You say, don't worry, men, people will fly. Where? They will fly in the sky. You are mad. This is fine. We're going to do it. And they sit down there. They, they try, try, try. And then we're all flying now. It is that, you know, human, but, but faith in God is, is bigger than that. Sir. Faith in God is, is bigger, it's on top of that. It's saying there is a promise that God has made me. And so because of that promise, I relate, I react, I respond in a particular way. Faith in God. Help me ask the person next to you, have you got faith in God? Have you, have you got faith in God? Have you got faith in God? Faith is proof that we have received God's love. It is our response to love. The Bible says that perfect love casts away fear. It chases fear away. And as God loves us, as we re- yes, last week we spoke about love and receiving love, the more we receive love, the more we find ourselves hearing all sorts of strange things. Believing all sorts of strange things. That she who was called barren, I'll come to that scripture, begins to say, look, my children are going to be plenty. But the one who was always socially awkward, never part of it, begins to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be used for such awesome things in life. The one who had known sickness, ravaged their body from a young age, begins to say, look, God has healed me. I am healthy. Because God loves me. In Galatians 5, 6, it says in the latter part that faith walks through love. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith allows us to please God. It allows us to please God. Because when you read Hebrews 11, verse 6, I think, 
It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's a difference between someone loving you and that same person being pleased with you. And as we mature as Christians, we understand that we must deliberately live our lives in such a way that pleases God. I think it's in Ephesians chapter 5 that Paul is writing, you know, um, if you read it, verse 10 in the Amplified, he says, look for the things that, he says, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord. And letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to him, your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. He says there is a way that pleases God. There's a way that pleases God. Jesus would walk into places and he would say, look, your faith has made you whole. And Jesus walked by faith because God will look at him and say, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. So the whole discussion about faith in God is one that we must have. I like that scripture we read in verse 3 of Hebrews 11. It says, for by faith the elders received or obtained a good report, a good testimony. Faith is what allows for God's purposes to be established on the earth. And so when Paul, when Jesus says in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom, the establishment of the kingdom. He's saying, look, there is something beyond your will, my will, my desire. There is God's kingdom. He says, and our faith allows for that. So when Jesus is in Gethsemane, he says, look, Lord, not your will, but my, not my will, but yours be done. He says, Lord, if you leave it to me, this cup should pass over me. So faith in God is more than just faith for things. It is our reaction to God, our response to him. Because when you read Hebrews 11, he begins to list out the people. And you know, the first scripture we read in Romans 4 talks about Abraham. Abraham wants a son. God wants a nation. Moses wants to be restored. God wants to deliver a whole generation. At one point, Hannah needs a son. God wants a prophet. And so when we respond to God, we must understand that it is a call to participate in what God is doing. It is a call to participate in what God is doing. And as we grow as Christians, we must constantly find, what is God doing? And what is my part in it? What has God promised to do? And what is my part in it? I like in this main scripture, it says, the just shall live by faith. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. It says we look not at the things that are seen. It says because those things are temporary. It says, but we look at the things that are not seen. When we walk by faith, we allow the kingdom of God to be established on the earth. We do not deny facts. We do not say that the giants do not exist. 
No, 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 they're not giants. No, but that's not what Joshua and Caleb did. They simply put the giants in the context of God's promises. So I, I normally, with due respect to us as Christians, laugh at us when you are shaking, your body's hot. Ah, Femi, what's happening? I'm strong, I'm strong. I said, but you're shaking. I said, but I'm strong. <laughs> Faith doesn't say we cannot see Pharaoh and his enemies. We just simply say, God is our shelter, our deliverer, and he will come through for us. And so today, what I want to establish this is, is, look, that connection between our faith in God and his promises for us. Help me ask the person next to you, do you have faith? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? The temptation to be reduced to a normal life. A normal life includes coming to church on Sunday and macking it off. And maybe on Wednesday, if your house is close to church or you close from work early. But what of all the things that God wants to do in and through your life? On, on Wednesday, I'll talk about the fact that what God wants to do in and through your life is actually what success is. It is not about what other people are saying. No, nothing. Because if we... This is how I normally get ahead of myself. But if we looked at Paul's life in Paul's time, very few of us will call Paul a success. Paul, that used to be a high-ranking Pharisee, suddenly is now moving with all these Jesus boys. They are beating him everywhere. But we look at him 2,000 years later. My My goodness, Paul is the guy. But not all success appears in that context in time. So there are people who are already successful according to God's calendar, but they are so unhappy because they are not trending on Twitter yet. So God said, take care of these 10 people for me. You are looking over, my God. Look at that guy with a thousand. God says the 10. He says, okay, well, I'm taking care of them, but can you see that guy with a thousand? But God says you are successful already. Faith allows us to be successful in God's eyes. And so sometimes what happens is that we try to do the works without understanding what is driving it. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, how can I do the works that you are doing? Jesus says it is about who you are on the inside. You must be born again. And so sometimes we see people doing things for God, sometimes not for God, and we like, share faith means, let me just, okay, 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 okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a a billion dollar business. Hey God, do you hear that? Billion dollar business. And we, we try and drag God along. The challenge with technology sometimes is that you think it's the things you see on the outside that drive it. So you press a button on your phone and you think that's what's really causing the things to change. But there's a lot of stuff underneath it. Faith is our response to God's call. Our response to God's call. God's call is in his promises. I like Romans 10. I like Romans 10. Because Paul is talking about the righteousness that comes by faith. And then he begins to explain how it all works. He says, how can they believe in him who they have not heard of? You read verse 14. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet 
of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings. But they have not all obeyed the word. Isaiah says, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth. And their words to the ends of the world. That there is a sound from God. That goes out. And then we respond to it. Where are the promises that God made you, church? Where are the promises that you are running with? <laughs> you know, because Paul, when he writes in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, says, because we have these great and wonderful promises. In fact, 2 Peter he also, uh, Peter says the same thing. He says, we have received exceedingly great and precious promises that we through these are partakers of divine life. We've now escaped the corruption of the world. So it's a bit of a travesty to be a Christian without a promise because your faith is based on the promise that God made to you. I mean, this is like, uh, how, do I, how do I explain this? So, it's, it's, like, you know, it's like planning a wedding. Yeah? Wedding planner, venue paid, all the works. Chine is just rolling her eyes. Say, Pia, no, not me. But uh, not you. I'm just saying somebody's planning where your cousin. Right? But the guy has not proposed. And if you're doing that, you have to stop. Just stop now. Come for counseling. Let's talk about it. That's how, you say, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. I have faith in God. You say, I'm getting married December 12th, 2019. So who is the guy? Little detail. My, my dress, it's my dress. I'm getting it from so, so, so place. My hair is being done by this lady flying in from Tokyo. I know, but, but we don't understand. But who is this guy? Don't worry about little details. I think that is between Nifemi, Falabi, and Demilade. But I'm just working on it. <laughs> mm, so the after party is going to be wonderful. Ah, ah the after party. I even have three musicians coming to sing at the reception. And like, hold up, guy. Because you've got everything. So sometimes we have the fate words right. But there is no promise. Sometimes we have the hope, but there is no substance. Sometimes we have the things not seen, but there is no evidence. So I was preparing for this, put a note in my heart. I put a note, it's impressed in my heart, and I put a note there. It says, Tell them to go and look for my promises for their lives. Tell them to go. And look for my promises for their lives. Romans 10 says, how can they believe if they have not heard? Because God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent from the things that he had said. Has he said it? 
and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? Paul says the promises of God are yea and amen. God's promises are powerful. They are reflective of his intent. You know, Samuel and Sharon has got experience talking about Genesis, Jeremiah 29, 11, That I know the thoughts I have towards you. God says I know them. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To prosper and not to harm you. To bring you to an expected end of good. He says I know them. But he says, do you know them? Do you know them? Let me ask the person next to you, what did God promise you? What did God promise you? Help me shake them up. You know, help me shake them. Because I think this, help me shake them with, with my permission. Don't worry. Try. Go, go ahead. Just. <laughs> what did God promise you? What did God promise you? Because our faith responds to the promises of God. Our faith responds to the promises of God. Because when you're walking by faith, you will hear questions. As I taught through this series, I've said this over and over again. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not hear. And I just, you know, I think I was saying on Wednesday, how that I, I find that the voice of the stranger is so loud nowadays. is with accent. It was in those days that the stranger used to speak to you in your local dialect. As you know, that is the devil. No, no, no. Now he's got a Spanish accent. Sometimes he has a Bini accent, which is also up there. But the voice of a stranger. But what have you heard from God? What did, so what did God tell you about, about this year? What did God tell you about your family? What did he tell you about your career? This, our God, the one we serve, what did he tell you about your marriage? What did he tell you about your children? Some people, when we say pray for Nigeria, I can see the struggle. You're like, well, pray for Nigeria, how? It's not prayers as we need, though. We need Canadian visa. That's what we need. Hey, hey. I hope you have your own, though, because the way these things are going, and I don't, I remember one day I was here praying with the leaders one time. Yes, I said, the reason some of us cannot pray for Nigeria is because we have no promise. So when the pastor comes and says, Nigerian economy will change. You're like, ha! <laughs> pastor, have you seen the numbers? The numbers don't look good. And we know that we don't normally give good numbers. So if our numbers don't look good, the reality... <laughs> But has someone checked with God and said, God, what are you saying about Nigeria? Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call upon me and I would show you great and mighty things that you know not about. James, he says, you have not because you ask not. So there are things we have not asked God for, about. We have not inquired about. And thus, there is a vacancy in our heart. And so the voice of a stranger fills it. And so there is no faith. So our thoughts are like people who do not have a relationship with God. Our behavior is like that also. What has God told you about your marriage? Say, good guys are scarce in Lagos. Say, really? It's true. It's now one to six. Say, even the ones you see, they're not Christians. Even the Christian ones. Say, really? 
Let's look at Hebrews 11 again. From verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of God, warned of things not yet seen. I underlined that in my notes. Noah heard something from God, responded to that. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So there's somebody who should be receiving warning from God. And so there are things you should be doing. And this is not just about, so for some people, your ark is an app that you are developing. Because of something God has told you will happen in five years, in ten years, if Christ dies. For some people, it's a book he's asked you to read, write. For some people, that ark is he's saying, go back to school. For some of you, he's saying, move out of Lagos. We'll miss you. For some of you, that act, he's saying, break up with that guy now. But he received something from God. That's A, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he should receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. For someone, you should be on a journey that doesn't have full descriptions yet. For someone, you are still doing everything, God bless your heart, that your parents said you must and should do. Verse 8. Or verse 9. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise. I'm as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And as I was preparing for this, I realized that every time I've read Hebrews 11, I've always thought about faith. But I have never seen how many times the whole concept of promises coming from God. It says here that Abraham dwelt in the land of promise. Am I dwelling in the land of promise? Am I in the land of promise? When we look at your thoughts, are they in the land of promise? When we look at your plans, are they in the land of promise? In fact, verse 11 says, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. My goodness, these guys all received promises. They all received promises. And God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a politician. Because when politicians are com- in the campaigning, they will tell you everything. I will repair the roads. Nobody will pay for school fees anymore. I will give free makeup to all the girls in Lagos. Every, ah, no, everybody in Lagos is entitled to one vacation a year. Tell them, God is not a man. Tell your neighbor, God is not a man. God is not a man. So I started asking myself, where are the promises that God has made to us? Chineye, where are your promises? Or is it, where are your promises? Where are your promises? 
I know you are a child of God. You're washed with the blood. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But where are the promises that God made you? Because otherwise you are acting in imitation a lot of times. You look at what God did for your neighbor. You say, well, if God did it for him, he should should inspire you to stand before God and say, God, what are you saying concerning me? He should inspire you to open the Bible. Verse 13 of Hebrews 11 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. And I say to myself, even people who didn't enter into the promises in time, just seeing the promises from afar off, there was an impact in their lives. There are promises of God to you, church, that are carrying the seed of your faith. That you must find them, that you must hold on to them until your heart becomes pregnant with expectation. I believe that every child of God must have hearts that are pregnant with expectation. I believe that you must be expecting something that nobody else can expect because they don't have a relationship with God. My children are expecting lunch today. Hopefully. Because they know, well, yeah, between me and their mom, we will organize lunch. If it gets too bad, they will call their grandparents. But you cannot be expecting lunch because of me. Kendi and I didn't have a discussion. If God does move your heart, Kendi, let me know. To buy me lunch, that is. Okay? But what promises of God are you carrying? This has nothing to do with your title. It has nothing to do with whether you're a bishop, an apostle, a pastor, a leader. It has nothing to do with your nationality. I, I, I've said this, that I, 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 I get the impression that God speaks to generations. That's when he releases ideas, he releases them across generations. What has God told you? That we will not treat his promises as empty or irrelevant. That this form of Christianity that does not reference what God said. When the devil attacks man, first time he says, did God say? So as Christians mature, their faith is not just up in the sky. It's based on the promises of God. When Peter and the other disciples are in the boat, they see Jesus walking on the water. Peter doesn't shout out, hey, Jesus, I'm coming to join you. Wait there. He says to me, if it is you, would you issue a command? Would you send me? And Jesus says, come. And Peter steps out of that boat and begins to walk where people had said it was impossible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I don't know who has a hope here. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Would you consider 
searching through God's word for a promise, would you consider asking God, what has he told you about your career? What has he told you? No wonder when Paul begins to describe people who are growing as Christians, he says they are not tossed to and fro by doctrinal winds or even by the craftiness of men who lay in wait. Because there is some stability that comes because you are standing on the promises of God. That we will get to a place where we then begin to do things, acts of faith. Because what we've heard is by the time you walk by faith, you should not take medicine. And I can't understand where you heard that from. The devil does not heal. He was like, no, but P.I., you should just trust God that this headache will go. But like, when you are thirsty, what do you do? You get water. Right. How many times in your thirst do you say, God, fill me up? <laughs> so all the angels just be laughing. Ha, ha, ha. That when the real thirst hits you, you'll approach the dispenser. The Bible says God gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that have understanding. And so people in a bid to prove to other people that they are trusting God said, I heard that man say, maybe his promise from God was, you don't need to take that medicine. That I would heal your body. If you have an ailment, you trust God. And even in this place today, we're trusting God for healing. And for some people, healing happens immediately. For some people, that healing is a process. For some people, the healing they need is a mindset, is a shift in their mind. For some people, it's an understanding of what they should stop doing. Jesus says to one man, go and sin no more, so a worse thing than this doesn't happen to you. Who has faith in God here? That in our dreams, in our goals, in our visions, would we get to the place where, in fact, as I was was putting my notes together and praying, I said, it was just that place where you are saying things which people cannot understand or explain, and which sometimes you cannot understand or explain. Would you stop playing it safe with your life? That when you say, look, I, I just, I realize I'm going to be a billionaire. People start laughing at you. And you don't have to explain to everyone, but you realize that God has made you a promise. So in Romans 4 that we read, as we close Romans 4, Paul says that Abraham did not waver at the promises of God. And The challenge is, Abraham did not say, oh, there's physical evidence. He he wasn't speaking or referencing the physical evidence. He wasn't saying, oh, that, that wasn't his focus, guys. I remember in the university, we had this time, I think in my God experience I've shared this before. We had this time when we needed for the school authorities to essentially process 
And, and I think there is something today about someone who is struggling academically. You are you're struggling, you're not doing well. And if you hold to your part of the deal, which is that you would take your academics as a ministry, you would see God restore you. I don't know who that is. You would see God restore you. But you would come to the place where you would take your, your work or your academics as a ministry. You would see God restore you. And, and we're praying, you know, back then we, we, we were, you know, God, we need... We needed the school authorities to do something on our behalf that had not been done before. And we started talking to people. We started talking to the school authorities. I remember one day, I was leading a prayer meeting in my class. Well, of my classmates. So this is 1999, I think, yes. And God gives me a scripture. Isaiah chapter 54, and I think verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. I held on to that scripture for weeks, for months. The truth is for my life. And I remember when it will all come together. And in the truth of that scripture, I remember bethed things in prayer. So we're praying one day, and I began to say things. I said, look, there will be a conspiracy of events. So there's a friend of mine, Rolly, who when she, even when she sees me till this day, 20-something years after, or 20 years after, that's kind of, she cannot forget that phrase. Because it came out of a promise. I don't know who it is that has been called barren. Would you approach the one who makes all things fruitful and say, Lord, give me a promise. Sarah was not the only one who was barren in her day. What distinguished her was that she received a promise. I know you are not the only one who is broke, but will you receive a promise? I know you are struggling, but will you receive a promise? I know your background is not all that, but would you receive a promise? I know your reputation is in tatters, but would you receive a promise? I know people have said all sorts of things about you, that you have failed over and over again, but would you receive a promise? God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent from the things that he, that he has said. I hear recovery. Would you receive a promise for Nigeria? It says when God turned around our captivity that we were like those in a dream. And Paul says, look, the writer of Hebrews, that this is foundational, guys. That we would work by faith. Because it changes the complexion, guys, of our prayer lives. And it changes your plans because your plans that you make as a child of God are meant to be prophetic. That people are supposed to look at them and laugh. In fact, sometimes you would look at those plans and you would laugh. I love what Samuel said. He said he got to meetings and he would look around and say, why, how did I get here? That is God, guys. That he would bring you into places and 
you would ask yourself, how did I get here? I was at a meeting on, on Monday, I think. Spent an hour and a half there, and I was just wondering, how did I get here? How did I get here? There is a promise, guys. There is a promise. There is a promise. That there are things God wants to do on the earth. I feel that we are the generation that has been sent, like the 12 guys from Israel, who have a choice. 10 say, look, we looked at the giants. They are killing us. Moses, get us out of here. Moses, get us out of here. Drop us in front of the Canadian embassy. But there are two guys, Joshua and Caleb, who said, God has made us a promise, guys. Come on. Will you receive a promise? Would you let that which is carrying the seed of your faith find room in your heart? Would you receive a promise? Help me tap the person next to you. Tell them, would you receive a promise? Would you receive a promise? Um, I don't know. Should we sing God is able to do? Or did you have one better? You don't have one better. You have one better than my own. You have one song better than the pastor's song? <laughs> Which one was your one? Okay, that one is good. So let's sing my own. <laughs> and then we'll sing your own. We'll sing your own. But guys, that is, so let's prepare for that. like, God, this is a prayer. This message for me is not a sermon. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. That someone, that Boye will take a promise from God. And let that become your conversation. That when you say, I am going to buy a bank. It's not just high expectation built on High hopes built on, you know, just human expect. No, it's because God gave you a promise. That when you say, I'm going to win a Grammy, it's not just because P.I. has been saying it, because he wants to go with you, which is true. <laughs> Where is your promise, child of God? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.